Welcome to Shadow Work. What the fuck? If you've been thinking, uh, what the fuck is Shadow Work and how does it help me? You're in the right place. This is your go-to podcast that will answer all your questions as well as give you the tools to dig into your shadow so you can set yourself free from the bullshit holding you back and finally start manifesting that juicy as fuck life I know you've been dreaming of. I'm your host, Caitlin Hosking, the shadow work queen and coach to fierce as fuck women who want to heal their shit so they can drop the self-sabotage and take control of their futures. I know shadow work can feel a little bit scary, so if you're new here, don't stress. I'm here to demystify the spook and bring some fun to the heavy. So get ready to learn, cry, laugh, and finally understand why the fuck you do what you do so you can quit playing small and start manifesting those big dreams. So without any further ado, let's jump into this episode. Hello, my darling. Welcome back to another episode of Shadow Work. What the fuck? Today, we are talking all things attachment styles and my personal experience of attachment styles and moving from being anxious avoidant to being secure. And I wanted to share this today because I know how many of us struggle in relationships and struggle if we're feeling really anxious or if we're more avoidant and struggle to like open up to intimacy and it it can really keep us disconnected from our loved ones, from having friendships that we want, from having, you know, the um, like partners that we want, all of those things. And I think it's really important to understand how our attachments are formed, what's really going on there and how to start to move through that so we can become more secure in our relationships. So we can kind of not have to think about it all the time and can feel open to intimacy and love and start receiving what we really want. And this has been a big journey of mine, um, especially over the last few years to start to solve some of this and coming to the point where I am now really feels like such a gift and something I want to share So you guys can A, see what was going on in my life, um, how like these things manifested in my life, how I kind of started grabbing awareness of that and then what I did to really change that. And before we jump into it, I wanted to let you guys know that I am launching currently a self-mastery course. It's called the Self-Mastery Accelerator. It goes for two weeks and it is all about mastering your life and not so much the external world because you can master that easily, but all about mastering that internal world. So we know that we can't always control the external world, like even in relationships, you know, someone could leave and someone can pass away and recessions can happen and all of that. And what I see is people really collapsing under the pressure of all of those things happening and then treat like punishing, punishing themselves for what's happening externally. So the Self Mastery Accelerator is all about going really deep on the five keys that you can use to master your mind, your body, your health, your relationships, your emotions, your mindset, all of those things. So when shit hits the fan, which it will, because thank you, life, you actually don't collapse and you build so much resilience and you treat yourself so freaking well that you don't make the problem worse than it needs to be. And you can just really hold, hold strong through all of that. And one of the things that I got told um, a few years ago when I was going through a really hard time was, Caitlin, you need to be like a palm tree because when a storm comes, a palm tree, it doesn't just snap because of the wind. It actually just bends all the way over until the storm passes and then it stands back up. And that's what this is really about is like you learning to become that palm tree, you learning that flexibility and that compassion and that kindness and that emotional resilience within you. So you can stop 
be living in fear of like, I have to control the external environment because I don't think I can handle it to being like anything can come and I've really got myself. So if that's something that you feel called to and you feel that when shit does hit the fan, you really collapse and you get really anxious and you're really avoiding all of those sorts of things that could happen, then make sure you check it out. All the notes, uh, all the links are in the show notes. And if it feels good for you, it starts October 17th and it'll be two weeks. So we're going to smash through some really good content, some really good things that you can start implementing straight away to help you take, like to help really reinforce your resilience and self-mastery. Beautiful. So let's get into this. Let's talk about attachment styles and I'll do a bit of the like theory stuff. And then I'm going to go into mainly my story um, and my personal experience, because I feel like that's the most relatable thing rather than me just being like, here's the attachment theory. (laughs) So what are attachment styles? Basically, they're just the way we respond to others in relationships. And this can be emotional response or behavioral response, but it's like when we have someone who we are close with, how do we respond to them? And this could be, so there's four main ones. We've got avoidant, fearful or anxious avoidant, which is a combination of avoidant and anxious, which is the other one. And then we have secure. So obviously secure is the one that people want to move towards because then you feel safe in your relationships. And the other three are what we call insecure um, attachment styles. And avoidant is the people who generally just want to be single. Um, When someone gets really close to them, they start picking fights, they run away, uh, they keep people like at distance from them. Then you have the anxious people who you can probably know is like the stage five clinger or like they're really codependent. They always really need a lot from their partner and to be constantly reassured. And if they don't receive um, what they want from their partner or a friend, they're like, oh my God, I need to fix it. I've done something wrong. So they're really feeling very like this high, like flighty, buzzy energy in relationships. Then you have the fearful anxious avoidant which is a mix of the avoidant and anxious so this is what I had to move through because I would be anxious if I was in depending on how the other person was responding so if they moved away from me then I would become very anxious and move towards them if they got too close to me I would then become avoidant and then move away from them and there's a thing called like the anxious avoidant dance so I was doing that within me and then if we have someone else like that's the dance right they move towards I move away I move towards them they move away so your attachment style and someone else's attachment style um, can often be opposite and it's a really like (laughs) it's just one of those subconscious things where we attack we attract what either we know because this is formed in childhood so we're used to it or what we need to heal And all the time, anxious people and avoidant people tend to end up together and it creates a self-fulfilling prophecy on both of their ends. Yeah. Um, And then moving into that secure is like, I don't need reassurance constantly. I don't need to avoid intimacy. I have boundaries. I can be independent, but I also really love you know, giving love and receiving love and being with that person. I'm not afraid of them leaving anymore. And it just makes things work a lot smoother. So I'm going to go in to start with where I really felt I stood. So there's a whole like um, you can do uh, like testing, like psychological testing. Just look up attachment style test and there'll be one probably for free online. 
I've also linked an article down in the show notes. So if you want to learn a little bit more about the different ones and how they can show up and how they're really formed, because as I said, like they're formed in childhood and it depends on how your parents responded to you. And that's going to form your own attachment style and your relationships throughout your life. So if you're like, wow, I've never heard of this or I want to learn a bit more and think about my childhood and how that's showing up in my relationships, I really invite you to look at what attachment style you are, learn a bit more about the theory because this has really, really helped me um, navigate relationships and move into a more secure space where I can receive the love I want and give the love I want for my partner. So I'm going to start with anxious because I was anxious Um For most of my life, like I felt that I was very codependent on, you know, my best friend when I was younger. And then when I started getting in relationships, like I was really clingy and codependent and was deeply afraid that people were going to leave me. And because I had this deep fear and this anxiety, I always lost myself in those relationships. I was always worrying like my, they're going to leave and I need to do everything to like prove that. I am what they want. So I would like change who I was. I'll take up their hobbies. Um, I would just do what they wanted me to do, even if it wasn't in alignment with who I was. And so obviously, like I had no idea who I was because I was always just who everyone else wanted me to be. And on top of this, I had a lot of this, uh, this thing called protest behavior. And this is an anxious thing. And it's basically what you do to get their attention so you feel calm. Because I would say my anxiety is their fault. Like they're not acting how I want them to act. So it's their fault. I need to do something. I need to have this protest behavior to get them to change so I feel better. And this is especially like if they would be annoyed at me for something or they would be upset or something like as soon as someone would be upset with me I could not deal with their feelings so I'd be like constantly calling them or texting them and be like hey we need to talk like let's sort it out now like I could not sit in the discomfort of someone needing space and I would like always be asking hey do you actually love me I need you to tell me you love me do you love me do you love me do you love me um, I need you to tell me I'm okay like I really needed someone else for me to feel okay and if they weren't okay I wasn't okay And on top of that, there's like more manipulative pieces that would come in. So if I wasn't feeling okay, and then I did some protest behavior to get them to come back, then I would punish them because they didn't respond in the way I wanted them in the first place. And so I would like not respond as fast or I would do something to make them jealous or upset them. So I was being super toxic as well. And it just like played out this really shitty relationship. Yeah. And on top of that, I also wasn't with people who were secure as well. So I, cause I was so anxious, as I said before, I tended, I was attracted to people who are avoidant. And this is like, if we come to projection and shadow work, like they're just reflecting in me what I have rejected in myself. So them being like independent and sure of themselves or what I believe to be sure of themselves and all of that, I would be like, I need you for me to feel sure of myself because I can't find that within me. But unfortunately, they weren't secure, even though I thought they were. They tend to be more avoidant and they were pushing me away. And so they would trigger 
my anxiety even more because when I would say I need reassurance or I'm feeling this way, they wouldn't give it to me. They would tell me I'm being stupid. They would tell me I'm being too much. They would get annoyed at me. They would push me away when I would try to get close to them. And so I ended up feeling like more anxiety, more anxiety. So I'll try to get closer and closer and closer. And when I first got into personal development, I was like, I have to be the one that changes, right? It's not them. It's me. I'm the anxious one. I'm the problem. I'm needy. Like it has nothing to do with them. And so I always try to change myself for a really long time. And then I realized, wait, it's not, it's not just me, right? Like, yes, I'm projecting onto them, but they're also projecting onto me and they're not actually validating how I've, I'm feeling. They're not actually safe people for me emotionally, And they don't want to change. They don't want to look at that. And so that's when I got to the point of, hey, actually, I, yes, I need to change, but this person's not willing to grow with me. So I need to walk away. And that was the freaking hardest thing ever for an anxious person. Because I thought like being alone, I would literally freaking die. That's how I felt. I was like, I cannot be alone. I need a boyfriend. If I don't have one, like the world is going to end. Oh my God. (laughs) And so me getting to that point of like, yeah, I can really, really hold myself. So I'm going to leave. So I left. And that was sort of the last like super anxious relationship I was in. And that was like 2017 or 2018 or something like that. And I learned tools to manage my emotions, to manage my anxiety, to learn to not need someone else to soothe me. Cause that's what I was really using them for. Like, as I said, I feel anxious. I'm making it your fault. Like you're the one moving away from me. It's your fault. I feel anxious. I need you to make me feel better. And I reclaimed that was like, no way I can do this. So I learned to do that, which is a really beautiful skill. (sighs) And we get to the kickers and a lot of these things, like I didn't know at the time, but this is a lot of reflective work that I've looked at in these relationships. When I was just being anxious, I didn't really know these things were going on. Um, but now on reflection, I'm like, Oh, right. Now I see it. So this is where the avoidant piece comes in. I realized that I kept choosing partners who reflected things back to me. Like I'm not good enough. I'm too much. I'm never going to be worthy. I don't deserve this love. Like they would sort of show that to me when I would express my needs because underneath, like I didn't really, I didn't really feel like I deserved to be loved anyway. And I would always be in a relationship with people who were not good for me and had toxic behavior. Not that they were toxic, like they had their own things, but it was toxic behavior from both of us because it was like, well, they're going to leave anyway. It's not long term. So I don't really need to change anything. And I never really had to get close to people because there wasn't really the opportunity. So it didn't trigger what was underneath all this, which is me being avoidant of true love of me receiving what I actually wanted, but was so deeply afraid to receive because if someone really got into my heart and was really safe and then they left, I was like, I can't, I no, I will not be doing that. I can't do that. Like subconsciously, I was like, I can't do that. This hurts enough. And they're not really in my heart. This is not even my person. And I still feel like my heart is smashed into smithereens. And so I then 
got into a relationship with my current partner. And before I realized I was avoidant. So the avoidant thing is only in the last 12 months that I've realized. (laughs) Um, So I got into this relationship and I was like, I am going to be like the boundary queen. (laughs) I'm going to be the boundary queen. I'm going to be super independent. Like I'm not going to need him. You know, he's just going to be there, but I'm not going to be needy. I'm not going to be clingy and basically kept him at an arm's length. And even though like, I kept it at arm's length. There were things where like my anxiety would peak and I would want a bit of reassurance and he would always give it to me. He never made it wrong. He always validated me. He always reassured me. He gave me what I needed. And because he was like showing me, hey, I'm here. I love you. You don't need to change. That really fucked me up. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) this is someone who is not going to leave. And I was so avoidant. I was so afraid of that love that I pushed more and more and more. I would like never compromise with him. I wouldn't meet any of his needs. I didn't want to open up to him. Like if I had a problem, I would just go to my friends and not be vulnerable with him and not be intimate with him. And all of those things, because I was just like, I can't. Like I feel so unsafe. I feel so afraid of losing myself to this person who loves me so much and this is really foreign to me and he's a very big physical touch person and from the family I come from like we're not overly physical touch people like we're not like cuddling all the time or like you know any of those things and I've lived away from my family for quite a since I was 16 essentially so we love each other from a distance so to have someone physically wanting affection and touching me and loving me so much my my soul just didn't know what to do well my soul did my heart that had so many so much armor on it didn't know what to do because I was like this feels really foreign this feels really really scary and so over time like I started to because I as I said like I knew I had fear I didn't realize I was avoidant like I thought it was like my anxiety stuff and I was like I don't know I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I was just like, and then I started to look at everything that was wrong with him. And I was like, he's just not perfect enough. He's not good enough. I would fantasize about someone who was better, my knight and charming aunt, Arma. And it was really like, I was so convinced, like so convinced that this was not my person. It couldn't be my person because I was looking at like really surface level things and everyone has surface level things. Right. And I was making like the dumbest things into big red flags and being like, no, red flag, red flag, red flag. And not looking at the fucking hundred green flags in front of me. Like the fact he wasn't emotionally abusive. (laughs) Anyway, so I then decided I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. And you know, this knight in shining armor is going to come. I'm going to learn to be like hyper independent and do everything myself and like prove that I'm not codependent. I'm not anxious. And, you know, I was really trying to prove something really trying to prove. And then I was single, um, and realized like I did the single thing. And then I was just like, I really don't like this. (laughs) Like I was meeting people and, it was triggering all of my insecurities again. And I, it took me a while to realize what was going on. I was like, I need to get on top of my attachments and 
I don't want to feel anxious in relationship and all of that. And so I picked up this book called Attached. So if you haven't read Attached, you should, (laughs) everyone should. But I picked up this book on Attached because I felt myself getting like really triggered in relationships and all that sort of stuff. And I read the anxious part and I was like, yeah, like I can see some of that. And then I got to the avoidant part and I just went, oh my God, I'm so avoidant. I'm more avoidant than I am anxious. And I realized that all of my like nitpicking at my partner and pushing him away and fantasizing about my knight in shining armor and fantasizing about being single and all of that were a thing called a deactivation strategy. And deactivation strategies are mental processes by which an avoidant person just convinces themselves that they are better off alone or like in another relationship. And it stops you from creating really deep intimacy and vulnerability and connection relationship. So when I realized this, it kind of, and I talked about this in the last few episodes about me having that moment of like, oh my God, connection's really important to me. And I just kind of went, I fucked up. (laughs) I fucked up. And so these deactivation strategies can look like prioritizing things that take you away from connection. So I always prioritize my work and my clients that came first before the relationship. I fantasized about being alone. I fantasized about my nine shining armor. I focused on all my partner's shortcomings and I'm like mentally dismissed the importance of connection relationship. And before I knew that this was a strategy, I genuinely was like, no, that's reality. Like he's not good enough. There's someone better, all of those sorts of things. And so when I had this big awakening that really shook me, it like my heart just like cracked open and I was like, oh my God, like that was such a good relationship and I couldn't see it because I was so afraid. And essentially I had left because I was like, if I don't leave now, like he could leave me first, which is super common. So when I worked all that out, I ended up calling him and saying, hey, (laughs) hey, me, Um, this is what's come up. And I would really love to talk about this and move through this and solve this and get back together. And I'm very grateful and very lucky that he agreed that he would like to try that as well. Um, And I said, you know, I want to go and go to therapy and get help on this. And here's what, you know, I told him about the avoidant thing and was just really honest and really vulnerable. And he received that really well and he was willing to work with me. Yeah. So here's what I did to move from anxious avoidant into being secure because now I feel really secure. I feel really open to love and giving love and receiving love. And of course, like there's going to be underlying things that come up. And if I'm more stressed, I get a bit more avoidant and all of that. But overall, I'm so good and I'm so proud of myself and it's made my life and feel so much safer and more connected and more beautiful. And he's walked alongside me and I said to him, Hey, like, you know, obviously it's me, but there's, there's things for you as well. And I want you, if we're going to do this relationship thing, I need you to go and do some of the work as well. And he agreed. And he was willing to do his own work while working with me. And that's something I really want to highlight here is that you can't change someone who is unwilling to look at themselves. You can't change yourself if you're unwilling to look at yourself. And attachment trauma 
is formed in attachment. So you really need to have someone who's so open and willing to do this with you as well as you being open and willing. And if someone rejects you and says, it's all on you, it's all your fault, then no, it's not. It always takes two to tango. And your attachment style will be triggered by people who are unsafe. So when I went through that period of being single, the men that I had around me were really unsafe. So they triggered my anxiety. And that doesn't make me wrong. It just means that they're not the right person for my nervous system and how I need to be treated and cared for. So my job isn't to stay and change myself. My job is to find someone who's ready to meet me and give me what I need and for me to meet them and give them what they need. And that means that, yeah, sometimes we've got to compromise, but we don't compromise on like who we are and our core values. So here's what I did to move through this. Firstly, as I said, I got really honest and I communicated everything that happened. I didn't hold anything back. I told him all about the avoidance. He knew all about um, what happened when we were broken up and it was really hard, but I was like, we can't go into a relationship with anything being hidden. So I just said, this is what happened. And then we got a somatic therapist. So I went somatic therapist because I wanted to, I knew that a lot of this trauma was stored in my body. Yeah. When someone would like physically touch me or be intimate, I could feel in my body like, get away from me. Like, don't touch me. My sex drive was like really turned off and I had no access to that. And my body felt shut off. So I could tell it was really in my body. So I wanted to go to someone who worked with both mind and body to unpack that for both of us. Cause then I could get into my truth of what was going on. He could see that and I could hear his truth. And that really, and we moved through the things in our body um, in front of each other, which created a lot more intimacy and vulnerability and communication and connection. So having a third party there, like, even though I'm a coach, even though I like know these things, like I obviously didn't know it cause I wasn't doing it. Yeah. And also in that circumstance, I'm not the coach. I am the client and I needed someone to really help me move through that. So asking to get help and getting both on board You can't be like, you have to come and do this. I said, this is what I want to do. This is my like boundary of this relationship. If you want to be in the relationship, I need you to come with me. And he said, yes. So again, someone has to meet you. Three, I learned to notice when I was feeling shut down. Because for a long time, I would just fight against it or pretend it wasn't there or just like whatever. But I was like, hey, I am feeling I need a lot of space right now. For like a couple of hours or a couple of days, I'm going to go away. I'm just letting you know, like I am feeling avoidant, but I still love you. I still want to be here. I just need some space to allow my system to calm down. And he would give it to me. He didn't make a big deal. He would tell me like, obviously he doesn't love it because he wants to spend time with me. But he was like, I'm happy to give that to you. And I'll just reassure him as well. Yeah. Next, uh, number four, I learned to lean into intimacy and meeting his needs, even when I was uncomfortable. So when I was in the avoidance space, it, can, it triggered some of his anxiety. It triggered that I was going to leave or he wasn't feeling good enough. And so, yes, I needed my own space, but I also had to go. This isn't just about me. I'm in relationship. If I want this relationship to work, I need to stop being fucking selfish and actually give a little bit. 
So I learned to balance both of those things of being like, he needs more intimacy. He needs me to come in and like give him kisses and tell him he's amazing. Like he love languages. And I was like, okay, I'm going to push myself to actually meet some of those, even though it feels uncomfortable because I'm scared of like whatever. But I just learned to sit in that discomfort. And now I'm just like, he gets so excited because he used to come into my office and be like, you know, give me kisses and be like, I love you. And I'll be like, I'm busy, fuck off. Like I don't have time. But now he'd come in and I'll just like turn around and be like, hey, babe, and like give him love and kisses. And he's like, oh, I feel so loved. <laughs> uh, number five, I, for the first few months, I actually sent gratitude messages every single morning of everything I loved about him and everything I was grateful for. Because as an avoidant, I was very, my tendency was to hyperfixate on his shortcomings. So I had to make a decision. Hey, let's focus on the good here. Let's train my mind to see the good in this man. And that really worked because now like, yeah, he's got his own shortcomings. I have mine, of course. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm so perfect. No, fuck no. (laughs) And neither is he. But I don't see what I would be like. They're massive red flags. They're not red flags. Like the things that I don't particularly love all the time, think they don't actually affect me at all. I just see that they affect him and that's what upsets me. Yeah. So I focused on the good. Six, I worked on opening up in other areas of my life and letting others in. Calling my family a bit more often. Sorry, I don't call you guys enough. I will get better. (laughs) Um, Calling them a bit more and opening up to my friends more and being more vulnerable with them because opening up is not just about opening up to one person. We need to open to all and learn to like find a lot of safety within ourselves of I can let people in and if they leave, I can still hold myself. And so learning that helped me feel way more secure within me, which meant I felt more secure in all the relationships around me. Number seven, it's a lot actually, but anyway, (laughs) I did a lot of my own personal work, my own shadow work and all of that around my heart and myself. I looked at my childhood, what, like where all this came from. I moved through my own somatic things. I looked at my projections and my triggers and all of those things. And I did that with the intention of like, I'm, I'm learning this for me. I'm healing for me so I can be better for all. So it's not just like, I need this person with me to do this work. It's like, no, we do some of that work together and we do our own work. And I also asked him to go and do his own. So he went on a retreat and he did that. I talked about that last week, the resistance thing, but he went and did his own work, which was really beautiful because then we could meet each other in that space. And the last thing I did, which is going to sound a bit weird, but I asked him to be okay with the relationship not working out. And the reason I did that was because I was feeling, especially when we got back together, I was feeling a lot of pressure. Like, oh my God, I said, we're going to get back together and now it has to work. And if it doesn't work and I don't want it to work and I'm freaking out and it just built so much tension in my system and resistance. And I was like, but he said to me, it's okay if it doesn't work out. We're both just trying the best we can and it's both of our intention for it to work out, but it's okay if it doesn't. And that, like, I still remember my whole system just being like, cool, cool. Our intention is for it to work. And if it doesn't, that's okay. And I think a lot of us put so much pressure on things working out and not being okay with it, not working out that that ends up like creating so much resistance and anxiety and avoidance anyway. So it's just like, not everything's going to work out. And this is like the self mastery stuff I'm going to speak to. 
Life isn't always going to work out. Things aren't going to go your way all the time. It doesn't matter how many fucking affirmations or shadow work or anything you do. You cannot control the external world. What you can do is learn to master yourself. So if it doesn't work out, you are still okay. And that is going to allow you to take bigger risks, to start the business, to move, to open your heart more, to be in more intimacy, like whatever it is you want to do. It's going to allow you to do that because you're going to be able to trust yourself that you won't collapse if it doesn't work out, which gives you so much freedom to move. And now like, I'm like not afraid of the long-term commitment because I'm also am okay with it not working out, which means there's just a lot of energy that I can put into it working out because the pressure is just not there. So here's my, here's a couple of tips. If you're like anxious or avoidant or both, this is what I really want to say to you. If you're anxious, your needs are fucking valid. Okay. It's okay to ask someone to give you reassurance as you also learn to reassure yourself. If that person tells you you are wrong or you are needy, get new people, (laughs) get new people because we are human. And some like, especially as we're working through things, we just need to know that people have got us because we are designed and built for connection. And if we're not feeling secure in that, it's okay to ask for it to be secure. And if they're not willing to give that to you and make you feel insecure, really reassess if that's the person who is safe for you. Because as I said, like, if you feel unsafe, you're, you're, it doesn't matter how much work you have done. If someone is unsafe, it will trigger your anxious or avoidant attachments. More, sure, more so anxious. Next thing. If you're avoidant, be aware of your deactivation strategies so you can change them and communicate what's happening. I was super convinced that my deactivation strategies were real. Didn't know it was a strategy. But now I know them, I'm like, oh, I'm fantasizing. Okay, cool. I'm trying to avoid intimacy. I'm trying to avoid connection. How can I go and communicate that and reconnect with my partner? Really beautiful thing and really helpful. Your partner's needs come, like, need to come to the table as much as yours do. No one is more fucked up because of their secure, like, insecurities. Like, you're anxious, so you're more problem. Or you're avoidant, so you're the problem. Like, no one's, No. We need to leave that and leave the blame and be like, we're all human. We all have needs. And am I willing to meet this person's? Can I meet them? And can they meet yours? We need give and take. It's how we work. If you can't meet them, that's okay. And if they can't meet you, that's okay. Just not the right fit. And what you'll find is the more security you have in that relationship, the more you will learn to regulate yourself, to take bigger risks, to do all those things. It's so important. Next one, getting help. As I said, having someone else there was like so helpful. It kept me out of my head. It kept me out of arguments. It kept us out of like heightened emotions and just was able to really ground and just be very honest. And I didn't have to hold anything. I could just allow myself to really surrender to the process and be with what was there. And that helped a lot because when we're trying to like communicate properly and do this and da, 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 it can just get messier and messier and messier and then blow up in our faces So I really recommend getting someone. Next, read attached. (laughs) If you haven't read attached, please read attached by like a mere someone. But it is the best. It's like a red book. Do your own work and get perspective, not from your friends. Like friends can be a little bit biased, but I would 
of course you can like take on what they say or like their reflections, especially if they have some self-awareness. And I do listen to my friends, but I also complain to my friends. So they often see the worst in my partners. <laughs> so when I go and like talk to a professional or a coach or someone who can really see from an outsider's perspective and they're not, they don't know my partner or anything, then it really helps just to see that and what might be going on. Three to go. Give it time and have courage and know that it will feel really uncomfortable. You can change your attachment. You can open more to love and more to intimacy and all that, but it's going to be uncomfortable because you have learned in childhood that this is not safe. You know, people either, you know, needing space doesn't feel safe because you were abandoned as a child. And when someone took space, like they didn't come home, they never came back. So you're like, you can't take space because you're not going to come back. I'm going to die. Or you feel like love is really unknown to you because no one was really there for you as a child and you didn't receive a lot of physical touch or words of affirmation or any of those things. So when someone starts giving you that, you're like, ah, like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm, I, it doesn't feel normal. Like my system's not wired. It's sending, it's literally setting off your amygdala, which is like your fight or flight center. And that takes time to rewire and it takes courage to lean in. And this is sometimes like, it's like, is it intuition or fear or whatever? We have to learn discernment because I genuinely thought I mine was intuition. Um, I even did a podcast on it back in the day when it was from fear to fears. Uh, funny that. But I was totally convinced. And then when I realized it was fear, I was like, interesting. That is something that I've now learned to discern a little bit more. Second last, notice your own projections. I... This is why shadow work is really beautiful, especially in relationship. I projected all of my not enoughness onto him constantly. And that meant I picked apart his behaviors and what he wasn't doing good enough rather than seeing him for like, hey, what is he doing? That's enough. And when I learned to see what I'm doing, that's enough. I was able to see that in him. So just looking at like where we filtering people through our own lens, our own limitations, our own beliefs and dragging them down rather than seeing them for actually who they are. And the last one is be ready to walk away if they can't meet you. If someone's unwilling to do the work, to work alongside you, to validate you, to reassure you, be ready to walk away and not make that mean anything. I know it's going to hurt and your ego is going to want to make it mean something, but when you start to like clear out people who can't meet you where you're at and you go and make effort to find people who can, it does help increase your self-worth. It does help you know that you've got yourself because if someone doesn't reflect back to you how you want to be treated, you can just go, hey, like if you're unwilling to change or shift that, I'm not going to make you wrong, but I'm going to look after myself. I'm not going to abandon myself because that's not my story anymore. And... I've always come back to that. Like I am ready to walk away. And there were times when we first got back together where he was holding resentment because I walked away and there was stuff and I could feel that resentment in the air. I could feel it and it was affecting me. And I said, hey, if you don't want to let this resentment go, you need to leave or I will leave. I'm giving you a choice. You either work through it or you go or I go. And inside I was like, oh my God, please don't. Like, I really want to work through it. I don't want to like lose him, da da da. But I just had to be like, I'm not letting someone fucking take a wrecking ball to me doing this work and opening my heart because they can't let something go. 
And he made the decision that he was going to let it go. But I was 100% ready to leave if he wasn't able to meet me where I was at. Because I, like, yes, I walked away, but I'm not going to, like, I see this a lot of, you know, you make a mistake or your partner makes a mistake and you get back together and then you're like, I'm going to punish them for that. And it's like, if you don't want to be in a relationship, if you don't want to open up and actually have forgiveness and meet them and build that intimacy and you want a punishment, don't fucking be in that relationship. It is so unfair. It is so unfair. So leave. Yeah. Or get over it. Like do what you need to do. Go see someone, process the anger, process the resentment and then come back to love because it is possible. But you cannot. And I've seen like my friend do this of like her partner staying with her after she cheated and he would punish her and she would cop it because she was like, I deserve it. I deserve this. No, you don't. If you make a mistake, you make a mistake. You've already inflicted probably enough shame on yourself. And you're never going to be able to heal your attachment in a relationship with someone who is a punishing you and you punishing yourself. So that is my story on attachment (laughs) and how I move through it. And I really hope that this gives you the courage to... A, find like find people who reflect back to you safety and security and reassurance about who you are. Also, for you to go and learn how to self-soothe, it's okay to ask for your needs to be met. If someone says no, that doesn't mean you change. It doesn't mean you have a hissy fit. It doesn't mean you punish them for it. It means that they can't meet your needs right now. So either ask someone else or learn to do it yourself And, but that doesn't mean never ask for your needs to be met again. Yeah. So if you want to come join me for self-mastery, make sure you check it out. And if this has been helpful, I would love to hear. I'd love to hear your reflections. And if this has landed and if you resonate with any of this. And I may bring a little special guest on in the next week or two to talk about the relationship and what's really helped him as well. Uh, Cause I think it can be really helpful to hear from like both sides and uh, how we communicate and do all those sorts of things. Cause I know relationships can be really hard and really painful, but also the best thing ever. So if you have any questions or you're like, Oh, I'd love to like hear this from both of you, then please send them through as an email or on Instagram complete underscore by Caitlin. And yeah. All right. Beautiful souls. I will talk to you all on the next episode.